Welcome to the Grid Girls Podcast. Welcome to episode 47 of the Grid Girls. We are on episode 47. That's so many. Oh my god. <laughs> still that chugging, is a lot of episodes. Still chugging <laughs> along. This is kind of amazing. Um, our special guest this week is Hazel. Hazel Salvo. Yay! At Ruby on Twitter. It's going to be great. Hey. We all went to Montreal together last weekend. We did. Yeah. Um, it was great. Uh, Alex is here too. And myself. So... Yeah, let's get right into this. Um, Montreal was amazing. It was fantastic. Uh, the, you know, championship implications everywhere, <laughs> obviously, right up until the end. Kind of. Uh, I think, you guys, what do you think? In terms of, like, a season finale for Formula E over the last three seasons, how do you think this was better than the first two years? I mean, season finales of Formula E are always pretty extra. Mm-hmm. Um and I did think, like, having been at, at London last year, that perhaps it couldn't get that much more extra than that. And, it's oh, true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, uh, I mean, right yeah. from right from the first practice at Montreal, like, shit got real. You know, Buemi immediately had that crash. They immediately had to repair his car. Things were immediately incredibly extra. Yeah, I mean, like going into the weekend, it, it was it was so obviously Boemi's championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, nobody was going to be able to touch him, um, even despite missing three races by that point uh, because yeah. of the disqualification and the the two in New York. Uh, and uh, heck, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, boy, boy just trashes his car, um, yep. which. Uh, you know, he Lucas himself. Um. Yeah, yeah. He really did. I mean, Lucas gave him every opportunity to do well, uh, to, you know, keep that championship title. Lucas didn't really show up in New York too much, um, which was a little surprising considering that that was his massive opportunity to jump super far ahead in the standings. Um, but yeah, you know, he rode into Montreal with, with kind of the ball in his court and he immediately gave it away. So that was interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about one thing that was, uh, you know, kind of great in Montreal, which was there were no there were no grid girls. There were no Yay. ladies holding umbrellas. <laughs> there, were, there was none of that. Like, literally none of it. It was so, like, family, fan-friendly, um, you know, from between that and between, like, there were a couple different, like, fan zones. There was one geared specifically toward kids. There was one geared specifically toward... Oh, you need a place to like recharge. Here's like twenty hammocks that you can go sit in. Um, just the, everything was set up with fans in mind, which was so obviously not the case in New York City. Um, I don't know if they really relayed this via the broadcast, but New York was very much set up to kind of take advantage of where New York was located, with um, you know, the backdrop of Manhattan, um, the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, and it didn't really kind of put the fans as a priority which was kind of sad you know because 
they spoke to a few Red Hook residents, and the Red, the people who lived there were kind of excited to see what was going on. Um, but the fan zone was really poorly set up down there. It was really small. There weren't there were only a few grandstands and not a whole lot of general admission viewing areas. Uh, but Hazel, you saw this in Montreal. Like basically, you could get to the interior of the track for free. The yep. only thing you had to pay to get into were the fan zones or the e village. Um, yeah, because people live on the inside of the track, so it's not like you can restrict people getting to where they live. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, like it, it was a proper street circuit. And I mean, like, um, uh, because I, like, I've been to a lot of this season of Formula E, right. and like, um, like it, it has varied. So in Marrakesh, you, you could pay a reduced price to have kind of general admission rather than the grandstands. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually think the view is that great from the general admission. Um, but, um, like it was incredible from the Atlas Grandstand, uh, right. but uh, then like through to Monaco, like that was pretty tightly controlled. But it's Monaco; like there's only so many places you can go. Right. Um, and uh, although I think again the E Village itself was free in Monaco, okay. um, and in Paris you could basically just again because people live right up against the track, you you could walk into the track, you could walk into the E Village. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and that it does make a totally different atmosphere. So uh, Paris sold out every single grandstand, and then there was a full e village. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Berlin, I think I can't remember if the e village was free, but you wouldn't have had a huge view from it. Uh, right. I think there were big screens, but um, yeah, like. Uh, that was very set up for fans, um, mm-hmm. huge, huge fan zone. But that was in Tempelhof, which is outside the city, uh, right. compared to, um, like, obviously in Montreal, it's, like, really right in the heart of the town. Yeah. Um, and what interests me was uh, I read, like, a lot of the press afterwards because I was in Montreal for another week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just in a coffee shop, like, reading through all of the, the local papers. Oh, and uh, a lot of people were expecting everyone to be like, oh, fucking Formula E, like, coming over here, taking our roads. <laughs> um, and uh, everyone, like, it was like 76% approval rating. Everyone was like, yeah, we're down with Formula E. We loved Formula E. That was cool. We loved Formula E. Yep. Um, the only thing that they were concerned about was the amount that was paid by the city for Formula E. Gotcha. Um, uh, but that was centred around not necessarily how much Formula E cost, but how they don't trust their mayor, um, uh, who's apparently very sort of like uh, self-aggrandizing. Yes. Um, yeah, that was so... that was less. I, I I had heard a little bit about that in speaking to a, fr- a few friends of mine from Montreal. It was definitely more in terms of what is the mayor spending all this money on, aside yeah. from Formula E. You know, it's not just that; yeah. it's other things he's done too. So. Mm. But I was really interested because this is the first race I've been to that didn't have the grid girls, didn't have the fan base girls, um, which like in Marrakesh, it was the most embarrassingly anomalous thing I've ever seen because it was like this whole environment where there were like hijabi teenage girls or girls in niqabs like completely kicking ass on the uh, e-race simulators and shit. Mm-hmm. 
uh, like so many little girls, like dads had brought like six daughters or whatever, or, like their daughters and all their friends because it was free for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then suddenly you had women as human furniture, and I was like, oh man, right. and exactly. like women dressed in a way that like absolutely nobody in Marrakesh would dress to the point where it's um, almost almost disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. Which... Like I mean, I I was offended by it, and like. Right. Um, like, I'm all for people rocking up to racetracks wearing, like, whatever you want. Like, wear a thong and a bow tie if you want. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, it it wasn't that. It was, like, uh, it, it, it felt uh, place. asynchronous. Yeah, yeah, completely yeah. out of place. And, and very, like, suddenly quite sleazy in a way that Formula E isn't. Um, and again, at the, the like London races, I'd seen that, and and to actually like it's something that I have shouted at formerly about on Twitter, like repeatedly, even though maybe that's not that great for my career. No, um, you know what though? I mean, and... it, it was it was the same thing with they did do one thing over the Montreal weekend. They made that one tweet about Kate Upton, and mm. I think enough enough people yelled at them that they deleted it, which is kind of mm. great. Mm. But I, I feel did. like. We got. We have to hold this series accountable for what they're doing because we can. You know, it's a small yeah. enough series at this point that, you know, if you make a lot of noise about something that they're doing that isn't as progressive as it could be, uh, they're gonna listen. I, I, yeah. I am hoping. Um, what they did in Montreal. Uh, if you didn't see it, I mean, I don't know how you couldn't have. Uh, the whole internet was yelling about it. Um, was they had grid kids and they weren't just any kids. They were local karting. Uh, you know. Not champions, but people who stars, are really good at stars. yeah stars stars yeah yeah local young karting stars, uh, and they they held their signs dressed in their in their karting outfits and it was really cool. Um, it was definitely not something that I had ever seen before. You know, we've seen some slightly different options to grid girls before. I think in Monaco they had grid boys one time, and of course everyone complained about that. Uh, but I thought this was a really nice, this was a really nice option. And, um, you know, there's so much formula you could do with it. You know, why not have a small competition in electric karting, uh, where the winners of the competition from every different age range get to hold, get to hold a thing at the formula E race, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, uh, the other thing that they did that was really cool was the, um, you know, they do the qualifying lottery draw for formula E before every race. Um, they also had a qualifying lottery draw for the kids to see, which sign they were going to hold, which, you know, all of the fans who were around the fan village got super into it. Um, it was just really cute. And it was really like a family friendly, like really awesome way to do this, this thing. That's, you know, a tradition in motorsports. Yeah. So I don't know. I was super happy with it. I thought it was great. Um, um, it, it made the atmosphere on, uh, the grid, uh, on the Saturday, like I walked down the grid as it was forming and like all of the, I mean not all of them because some of the drivers are like obviously kind of taking time to chill out before they they get in the car and like everyone has a different ritual before they get in and like you have to get in whatever mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, uh, like a lot of them were talking to their great kids and they're like like kind of not exactly coaching them but like giving them a little discussion about like the car what they do and it's like Mm -hmm. okay that's that's you know that's them as people not them as glorified uh i don't even know what the word is for those like you know like a heavy base with a tube in that holds a flag up um (laughs) 
but uh, like a picnic stand, um, which like if at any person, uh, if at any point you can like basically replace somebody's job with a tent pole, then like that's, that's probably yeah, um, it is yeah yeah um, and, like that sexy lamp territory. Um, yeah, but I did notice. Uh, yeah, I did notice no, that. I mean, that was really awesome. Yeah, I did notice that Sam Bird in particular was very into like coaching his grid kid and having like lengthy <laughs> discussions with him. Oh, it was pretty great. he is so nice. He uh, got so Stephane into Sal, it. Sam as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like uh, um, when they were doing the qualifying lottery draw, like Jev and uh, Degrassi and um, uh, Heidfeld, I think, like all jumped yep. down to like play with the kids, which I was like, that's disgustingly adorable. It's so please, cute. Please stop. <laughs> I know, uh, I know. Uh, all journalism going out of the window. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, uh, and like something, because I ended up talking to Alejandro at one point, um, uh, who who runs the series. Yep. And um, uh, like he's very determined that it should be progressive and it should be kind of all of these things that should be welcoming. It should be kind of the antithesis of, of stuffy closed off motorsport it should be in the heart of cities it should be where things are and like like this wasn't just in the heart of a city it was in the gay village of Montreal yes. <laughs> um, yep. and like you know he's very determined that that Formula E is totally like down with the LGBTQAI plus community is down with like women is is like is open to all of the things that traditional motorsport kind of goes like wee, 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 and you get like ass hats uh, going like well you can't not have grid girls because grid girls are very important you like, oh, right, okay <laughs> if that's what's important to you about motorsport i understand why you got upset by a shark fin on a formula one car because yeah, it made you me. want to fuck it less um, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so what's what did what does he think about? Did he say anything specifically about the grid kids? I actually genuinely didn't ask him about that. Um, oh man! Uh, I mean, you know, at, at this point, we were probably off record. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but but like he, you know, it 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 is kind of broadly held that that Formula E isn't um, trying to be that stuffy motorsport that so many other series that we watch still is. Which yeah. is which is good, and I'm 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 hoping that that means that this is something that's going to continue. I'm in a Formula E group on Facebook, um, which I actually just left today because I can't deal with all the guys in it. Um, and a lot of them were complaining about the grid kids and oh, but why can't we look at ladies at a racetrack? Why can't we still like, you know, have some eye candy with our race cars? Like you yes. know what? Get out! Just get out! Get out of my race cars because this is the kind of this is the kind of attitude that keeps women from doing stuff that keeps women from you know having things to see at the racetrack that aren't just you know eye candy for men. Um, you know it's 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 gotta continue on despite these people saying these things, uh, and I'm hoping that this is kind of the first step to formulate you doing that. And it was really great. <laughs> I really liked it. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I really hope so, and I think, because it has always felt, like, ludicrously, um, like, just anomalous that, that you 
you have like I you know I'm definitely all for glamorous ladies I was running around in like the strapless dress throwing myself on the floor trying to take a photo of Sebastian Buemi's wrecked car and accidentally flashing the Venturi mechanics um but like Edward Evans you know I'm sorry to that Venturi mechanic um I hope that you're okay um uh, but uh like um uh yeah the like I am definitely not opposed to glamorous ladies at racetracks it's just that I would prefer that they were not silent and being Being used used as as human posters yeah yes yeah yeah, because exactly. that's creepy. I mean, really, really, it all boils down to, um, I want to, yeah, yeah, I, I'm fine with glamorous ladies at the racetrack, of course. I'm fine with ladies as mechanics, as, you know, getting dirty into the car, as, you know, rocking up in a fancy strapless dress like Kate Upton. Kate, having Kate Upton there was really cool. Um, you know, I love having high profile people at racetracks. It's really cool. Uh, Did you see I, her comment about who she wanted to win? So, no, I didn't. So uh, she said on the, the Sunday, she was like, um, she was like, I don't really know anything about Formula E, which like fair play, very, like even with motorsport, hardly anyone does. Right. Uh, and uh, she was like, the guy who went berserk in the pit lane <laughs> and shouted yes. at all those guys. <laughs> she was like, I want him to win. Oh, well, I'm sorry she was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, speaking of, let's just get right into that then. So we had race mm. one, which was was spicy as heck. <laughs> you know, um, here yeah. here the championship lays in Sebastian Voimi's hands, sort of. He wrecks his car in practice one. Uh, all power to those Renault mechanics who got his car back together. Um, I honestly didn't think they were going to do it. I didn't either. I honestly and, didn't think they were going to do it. You know, they had honestly, 11 minutes. Yeah, they did. Um, he did not really do himself any favors in that race. Um, yeah, a couple of, uh, I think it was, was it Robin got into the back of him or, or was it, no, wait, hold on. He I mean, so, so in theory, he had a little smash with Robin. Friends. Yes. Um, he claims it bent the steering on his first car, which was the car he hadn't wrecked. Um, uh, it, it did look as though his steering was foxed, but um, Robin said that he didn't think the, the hit was big enough, and certainly he said he couldn't have avoided it. It was that, or he smashed him to pieces. Right. Um, uh, so, who knows? Uh, he then uh, got entangled with Daniel Apt uh, during his pit stop, mm-hmm. um, including either a... Well... It's hard to say what happened there. I think it was, to be honest, a racing incident, which was how it was judged, which yeah, was that yeah. there might have been an unsafe release on either of their parts. It looked a little uh, sketchy Se- in the replay, but... Sebastian again, yeah. then slowed down at the end of the pit lane, which caused Ab to run into him. Um, uh, I don't I, I don't know if it did any further damage. I mean, that was the second car, so it was the one that had literally been put back together four minutes before he had to drive it. Uh, so it's, it's really hard to say. I don't think anyone wrecked that race for him apart from himself. Right. Uh, again, uh, he did not do himself any favors right uh, from the beginning. No, which, which then to be fair, his team should have come and got him. Mm -hmm. Uh, because like sports people do get riled up 
he was yeah. obviously upset. He knew he'd just lost the championship lead. Somebody should have come and got him. Uh, he probably also... Seb is normally pretty even, mm-hmm. uh, but he does have a temper. And I, I actually, I really felt for him and I felt for how like excruciatingly embarrassed he was going to be by this. Uh, yeah. But the five and a half minutes of uh, pit lane to raid <laughs> He started off by shouting at Antonio, who had nothing to do with it. <laughs> One of the Andretti mechanics then said it was Robin. Robin held his own, but my God, it really looked like Seb was going to hit him. Uh, and like, But it really looked like he was going to hit him. And that yeah. was the point where I was like, oh, okay, this isn't like passionate sports people. This is like, okay, somebody needs to come and like take this guy away. Well, this is about down. to go This is about to go full NASCAR, and you never go full NASCAR. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't go full NASCAR. And... Um, and then, obviously, Daniel Abt is Lucas's teammate. Yep. Uh, he's fiercely defensive of Lucas, um, and, and indeed himself. And uh, he had a very uh, a kind of magical continuation of the argument with, with Buemi, uh where he had like a really gloriously pokey up bit of hair that was like adorably distracting um, <laughs> uh, and made the whole thing seem like far less alarming than it really was but like I mean uh, I feel for particularly the Andretti boys who have had a torrid season yep. and then to be screamed at in a pit lane like Abt okay he did tangle with Sebastian and he seemed pretty up for it to be honest but uh, but, but those like, Andretti they, guys like oh man they were not asking for it and also like uh, if you've met them S- Sebastian has appalling posture which I can completely empathise with yes uh, he but does. he's about six one, and Robin is about three inches shorter than me uh, <laughs> so like it, it was just like this dude towering um, uh, which, like, amazingly, not the only person who shouted at loads of people, uh, even that day, um, uh, because it, it was like spicy French season. Uh, it was. Where Loïc Duval subsequently went. Yeah, he he really went off. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I actually probably would have. Um, like definitely on the Sunday, I I had my money on if a driver was actually gonna throw a punch, it would have been would have been like. Uh, oh, but, and the beautiful uh, thing is too on on Sunday, Buemi and Loic were in the same qualifying group, so oh, yeah. we were we were preparing ourselves for potential shenanigans, and then there weren't any, which was weird. No. Yeah. No, it it kind of just quietly played itself out on the Sunday. <laughs> apart from I obviously spent the entire race with my heart in my mouth. Uh, waiting for Jeb's car to explode. Oh or something. yes, yes, yeah. Jeb got his first win. That's I, it's his first win since like some karting win he had in 2011, which is pretty um, great. Yeah, I mean it wasn't karting. I think it was Formula Renault 3.5. Oh, was that but, okay? Um, so he was in cars, but yeah, it was uh, yeah his his first ever grown up win. It had been some um, time. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, first win in Formula E, which given that he got pole in his first race yeah, in Formula yeah, E, right. which was race three of season one, it's like, oh, Back when Andretti was not garbage. <laughs> Remember when he raced? He used to drive for Andretti. That's so weird to think about now. It is. Um, and you know, he only came to it? Formula E because he, when he got the boot from Toro Rosso, yep. he didn't know what he was doing. 
in the way that once you're suddenly out of the Red Bull machine, you don't. He'd got no management, particularly, and he kind of went and found somebody and went like, what the fuck am I going to do? And uh, they said, we'll go to IndyCar. And he got the call from Andretti to say, like, do you want to try this thing in Putrajaya? And uh, he was like, oh, Andretti, they're in IndyCar. He didn't even know what the series was. Huh. Like, he no literally idea. didn't know. And now he's the ambassador for Formula E. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> uh, that's pretty excellent. I know. He um, he and Scott Speed were teammates, which yes. was very, oh, very yeah, wonderful. Oh, yeah, they were. I forgot <laughs> yeah. about that. It was so good. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was so good times. Back in the day. Um, one thing, I, one more thing I want to talk about on Saturday. Uh, mm. So all of this goes down with Buemi. He yells yeah. at half the field. Uh, yeah. And then his car gets disqualified for being underweight. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, so I, that I, I was the, in the, is that I was in the media uh, center. And, like, we're all really tired by this point. But we're still writing up things that have happened. Yep. because everything has happened so much uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I like uh, I saw a tweet from Sam Sniffer Media and uh, I literally just like pretty much I think I definitely stood up I don't think I actually stood on my chair but like there weren't that many of his left and I like stood up and went like boy has been disqualified and everyone was like you're fucking with me <laughs> <laughs> like you're actually joking and i'm like no 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 no. i've seen it on twitter and everyone was like oh pff, seen it on twitter and i'm like no 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 reliable twitter um <laughs> and uh, like we all had a look and it. it was because they literally didn't have time to weigh the car so they thought they'd thrown enough balance uh balance ballast ballast yeah. uh yeah. for it to be okay uh and they hadn't and i mean the thing that we were all because we were all there until like 8 30 that night uh, because uh, what we were waiting for was whether Renault were going to challenge it. Because if they had, yeah, that's right. It would have gone to the FIA court, at which point we wouldn't have been able to award a championship the next day. Right, that's right. Huh. Well, so it was yeah, an yeah, exciting it was, evening. So it was. Uh, it was definitely Sniffer Media posted just a photo of the disqualification. Um. Like yeah, because they they post them on a, a notice board up yeah. in the paddock. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Icing on the crap cake for Boemi. So that's basically his championship. They go into Sunday. He's got like an outside chance of still winning if Degrassi fucks up, which he doesn't. Too badly. I um, mean, De- he had to come second or first, and Degrassi had to score either none or one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, none, none of which happened. But but also, like, going into Sunday, who was to say that Degrassi wouldn't spaff up his car? That's true. That's like, true. you know, Luke, whilst, whilst, because uh, I kept saying to everyone, like, okay, Seb has really fucked this, but A, they're very competitive with each other. So, like, don't think that, Seb, like, Lucas can't fuck it worse. Uh, and, like, uh, no, being, we saw him in you New York. Know, I mean, Lucas has a huge talent for not taking the chance sometimes but this time actually i mean mean, he'd seemed very calm when he got the podium the the first day he didn't seem celebratory he seemed like he kind of still dialed in for the next day he definitely yeah he he celebrated but he wasn't he didn't go too over the top yeah 
Um, yeah, whereas like the other two members of the podium looked absolutely smashed. I mean, well, here's the thing. How about Tachita? I mean, they came out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're getting podiums left and right. I mean, we saw them on the podium in New York. And mm-hmm. now two days in a row, I mean, Jeff, second and first. Like, what, yeah. you talk about you talk about a team that is kind of doing something with nothing. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, because Tachita, uh, Tachita are the only customer team. Mm-hmm. So uh, they didn't get the extra 15 days testing that you get for being a manufacturer. Uh, a lot of the teams that are manufacturers in slightly inverted commas, like they don't necessarily fashion their entire powertrain themselves, but they make enough adjustments to it that it's considered an alternative powertrain. Yep. Whereas Tachita are just using the Renault powertrain. Now we know the Renault powertrain is good, uh, but uh, the they had never really just seemed to. Yeah, yeah. They had never really seemed to kind of figure out the engine and figure out how to get the maximum amount of results out of it until just recently. No, and and they've had a really uh, massive steering problem, which, like, uh, there's all kinds of bits of Formula E cars that are set at the start of the year and can't be changed. So you can adjust, like, bits of aero, you can adjust, like, certain parts of the setup, but particularly the differential, uh, you can't adjust again. Uh, which is partly why the Amelian Andretti's are so, like, fucking undrivable. Uh, <laughs> Because when they set it, so when Tachita set their differential, it was in Donington Park, because that was the first testing they'd been able to do, and Jeff was banging out the fastest laps. Uh, Donington Park is absolutely fuck all like a uh, (laughs) Formula E E circuit. So, like, I mean, Berlin, it was really noticeable. Like, they were both, both uh, Verne and Sarazan were, like, wrestling the cars like physically because there's no power steering on a Formula E car either so you're literally moving the best part of time manually um, and uh, like that's that's not good like I mean they were literally doing a bit of like sliding and rally cross around a Formula oh E track which is like don't do that uh, which like because we'd had a joke about it in the morning and then they did uh, but um yeah, like, somehow they managed to get control of that, they managed to compensate for it, uh, they they improved the software, because although the powertrain is Renault, they have to supply their own software, they don't get the Renault software that goes with that powertrain, mm-hmm. so stuff like the regen was really weak for ages, but they have proven that you can be a customer team and succeed in Formula E. Meanwhile, uh, Amlen Andretti and uh, Dragon Racing are very much kind of said well maybe don't fuck with your powertrain like <laughs> my like, poor children don't, like set things transverse where they should be not uh, like there, there's a lot of uh, I mean th- this year in general so I think next year you'll see uh, again another evening out of the teams in Formula E or huge leaps forward by some people and, and smaller leaps forward by others mm-hmm. uh, but because uh, it was going to be that this year had 25% more uh, regen and then next year was another 25% and then we got like a, another huge whack in season uh, 5. Season 5, yeah. But they've pretty much held things the same for next year, which gives people like Jaguar, for instance, who, who'd only half built their car by part Fermi, <laughs> uh, like a chance to catch up. Uh, so I think I think we will see like... Well, I mean, we should see a little more parity throughout but, the field, but, but, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, which, 
will be good because one of the things that made, for instance, the first season of Formula E really exciting is because it was really good drivers uh, yeah. in a spec formula. And like, there's a reason why F2 is so much more exciting than F1, and it's because everybody can win. Yep, uh, exactly. Uh, and, and the same thing was there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Tatisa have really proved something. I think uh, I think it would be really unfortunate if they lose Sarazan. Uh, I think they might because he has uh, his own stuff going on. He runs racing teams. He runs a rallying team, and he runs a team in Asia Le Mans and uh, European Le Mans. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, uh, well, I don't know if that's something that you can do and do Formula E at the same time. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's also kind of getting up there in age as well. Yeah, because so. he's like forty-three. Yeah, something like that. Which, like, but, um, the ne- the next oldest is Heidfeld, who's just turned forty. So right. I can't believe he's forty. He doesn't look it. That's so weird. <laughs> uh, he's, he's he's got he's got a picture in the attic somewhere, like yeah yeah. There's some Dorian Gray stuff going on there. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, there there are like Red Bull Juniors who look older than Heidfeld. <laughs> um, um, I did miss uh, having uh, Pierre Gasly at this race this weekend uh, because he got something out of that Renault car last weekend. That was fun to watch. Oh, he's an angry little croissant, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought he'd kind of, because he was, uh, he didn't do shakedown. Uh, he was held uh, by Red Bull in the Formula One simulator uh, until the very last minute. So he flew in overnight and arrived in the morning mm-hmm. and literally went into FP1 having never driven a Formula E car or a Formula E simulator or anything to do with Formula E. Uh, in his yeah. life before, uh, which like of the two that stood in for New York, obviously Alex Lynn had, had spent like relatively large amounts of time with DS Virgin, but um, yeah, like he, obviously he the first day he didn't really get it, but but yeah. to see like actually that snap in on the Sunday, it's like it takes some guys like a full season to get the knack of these things. Which okay, Renault definitely have a more drivable car than some, but still. Right. But you're still you're you're in a new a completely new formula, you know, something that you've never really driven before. And to get it that that quickly was really really impressive to see. So, yeah. 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 Um yeah. Uh and, and in terms of oops, oh, sorry. I was going to say in terms uh, of kind of all the other results from this weekend, um Mahindra did all right. Mahindra had some uh a little bit of a well, Mahindra, on the Mahindra have got third in the team in the championship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And Felix took third in the drivers as a rookie. Yep, which which was so good to see. Like, I just I can't wait to see what he does next year. Obviously, he's still got a Formula E contract, but there are whispers about IndyCar as well. And I just I just like watching him drive. <laughs> so I'm excited to see what happens. He's a bright young man. Um, he's very uh-huh. sweet as well. Uh, and like really intelligent. Um, uh, he was. Uh, I interviewed him on the uh, Saturday, and was like, mm-hmm. "Why is the track so slippery?" Because he was talking about the fact uh, he he clipped the wall in the first race on Saturday and it kind of like trashed his car a bit. Um, and he was just like, "Oh, it just slid." And I was like, "Well, why did it slide?" And he, uh, I was like, "Is it because it's dirty? Because there was a lot of dust in the air. There was a lot of like." Uh, I mean, you will have noticed it because you were taking photos. It, like, it, yeah. it was kind of yeah. dirty on track. Uh, 
and he was like, "Oh, it's not really the dirt. Like the dirt's just there." Um, you know, it, it's it was very likely the, that um, they had to repave all the roads for the circuit uh, because you know, roads in Montreal are notoriously awful. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be surprising to me if it was like the um, the oil leaking out of the of the pavement. He said it was that they hadn't repaved the roads, so maybe they'd done some of them, but they hadn't oh, done maybe. all of them. Um, because it goes from minus 30 to plus 30 over the course of the winter to the summer in Moria. Yep. Um, basically, the, the expansion and contraction of the road surface uh, and the fact that it's got, because it is the centre of Montreal, so it has a lot of traffic, it has a lot of heavy goods vehicles and stuff uh, yep. going over it, compacts it until it's incredibly dense and basically polishes it like a mirror, which is fine if you're doing 30. Um, but if you're trying to like take a corner um, in a Formula E car, yeah, not, it becomes a, a little bit more... Ooh. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, on that note, driving up there in the winter is a nightmare. Like, if you're in Canada, you have to have, like, snow tires on your car because they just don't plow the roads. Uh, but if you are just visiting for the weekend, they don't yell at you about it. You just struggle. It's a good time. Um, it was really, really fun to, you know, obviously in New York, the race being at Red Hook. In London, the race being at Battersea Park, like, it's not somewhere where I had ever driven before, but those roads in Montreal are, like, the main roads that I drive on to get to places when I go visit there for non-race car reasons. Um, and it was just really funny to, like, I don't know, experience the roads that I know closed down for a race. Um, it was super fun. Like, the, the backdrop was really cool. Like, it just everything about Montreal was great, and I cannot wait to see the second year next year. No, I'm I'm so like I I so want to go back. The only thing that like shocked us all about Montreal and we were like, what, what, uh, was um, if you happen to be having a Formula E after party uh, on the on a Sunday night, uh, you've got to stop drinking at three a.m. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's a little early. That's that's a hard rule. <laughs> uh, so uh, get your drinks in and uh, lock lock the doors, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, that that kind of took us all by surprise. But I'm sure we'll find a workaround. I mean, just go to bed in a completely reasonable manner uh, yeah, next year. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you end up doing for the extra days you were up there? Anything? Uh, I I went and saw the Gay Beaver Centre, um, oh, nice. Nice. which is uh, like I think it, it's the Olympic Park from 1976. Yes. Uh, but which celebrates in particular the mascot uh, Amic, uh, who is a beaver who represents uh, the uh, hard-working and persevering rainbow peoples of Canada. It's a gay beaver. Uh, uh, so that, that, that was brilliant. Uh, and other than that, I just like, uh, I discovered this delicious uh, maple-based drink. <laughs> Maple-based drink. <laughs> it's, it's called, like, Millebois. And it's, like... Um, oh, I, I spoke a lot of bad French. That was the other thing I missed. Uh, nice. And, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, knocked back cans of this maple-based drink, which I originally bought thinking it was, like, some form of sparkling water. And then was like, yes, nice. <laughs> um, Straight maple over here. Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, awesome. But, yes... Um, uh, it, like it's a really cool city and, and like inevitably uh, 
Yeah, a great the spot village. for the season finale. Uh, yeah, I can't believe that yeah. they put it, you know, obviously the gay village is right there, but it was right near the gay village. Like, to get back to our where we were staying, you had to walk down St. Catherine Street, which is literally covered in rainbows. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, it's, there's it's a canopy of rainbow. It's beautiful. Um, it, uh, there was that, also, that felt, of course... That felt there very formal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Um, Montreal's famous for music festivals, too, and of course there was one going on during From the E. Uh, it was just, it was peak summer in Montreal, and I was just very, very happy about it. And I'm really glad this is going to be the season finale going forward. Um, I hope it stays for a really long time. Yeah, which, so like, good. I'm, I'm, I live in London. I'm literally sitting in London right now, uh, in, uh, a tributary of the River Thames. Uh, <laughs> and, on a boat. Uh, on, a, on a boat, not just, like, floating. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, like... Um, uh, I have to say, Battersea Park sucked comparatively. Yeah, like I went, it, we, it, we it went sucked. for season one. It was just miserable. Yeah, I mean, like our grandstand sucked. The attitude of the local residents sucked. Uh, the track sucked. Not great. Um, <laughs> uh, and the the atmosphere was was nothing like the like it felt like a. I mean, the only thing that I would say about my ad was it was so big that it felt like everyone kind of, at the point where it ended, everyone was like, what? Because it was like, oh, but we're just just getting started. Like, it's just <laughs> getting enormous. Uh, like, yeah, how much yeah. more wild could it go if we had a third race tomorrow? And there's oh some, like, God. mechanics vomiting into bins going, like, fuck off, all of you. Um, but, like, yeah. Uh, and to yeah, be fair, really I think cool. all the journalists would have died as well. But um, it was probably, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I I really just I just enjoyed so much seeing people. You know, I had a chance to talk to a couple of fans, people who just wandered up, and so did Ryan King, who we spent a lot of time oh, with this yeah, weekend yeah. as well. And he said that overwhelmingly, it was a lot of people who just had no idea what was going on in the area, but they're F one fans, so they kind of rocked up, realized that. You know, there's a Renault, and there's a relative of Elaine Prost, and there's, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and suddenly they're interested. Um, and even from where we were standing by a couple of the photo holes, which were just kind of not really close to grandstands, there were people, like, trying to peek through the fences and, like, yeah, see what yeah. was going on. Because, obviously, Formula E puts up that um, kind of opaque fence wrapping for, for a lot of the track that has the uh, the sponsors on it. And there were yeah. literally, like, people from Montreal, like, pulling the sponsor banners aside so they could see the cars. Um, it was really, really cool. So I mean, even when we were watching Shakedown on the, the Friday, on the Friday, which is, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It is, it's not that a race, it's kind of not that exciting. Uh, yeah. Unless you're really into watching Formula E cars go not that fast. Um, yeah. uh, because they're speed limited for it. Uh, and, um, like... There were loads of people who were just stopping and partly going like, who are these crazy women who are like poking their fingers through the fence to, <laughs> to look at people nearly bidding it into them. Uh, but like, um, just like genuine curiosity about it. And I think that that's part of Montreal being a city where it's like you walk into a park and there's ballet going on in sea containers and you walk down a street and there's like bicycles that play music and like uh because there is that festival atmosphere because they have so many music festivals it's like people are like oh there's something happening i'm gonna check it out 
Yeah, exactly. And, like, exactly. I, I think that that gives it an incredible vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Formula E, great success. There were yeah. also some other races on this weekend. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, that Fernando Alonso <sighs> mural at the Formula One was unbelievable. Oh, like, yeah, I mean, that did was... Did you see it? Oh, 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 my God. Have you seen the McLaren grow the grid? No. Oh, my God. Please, please watch Is it, it. good? Okay. It, yeah, it's, it's lit. That. Sorry. Uh, oh, no, but, but yeah, uh, that, that mural. Uh, I, was, I, I like his new role as an actual work of art. <laughs> For me. <laughs> exactly. It's beautiful. Like, he's previously been a piece of work, but this Wait. is... Can we talk about the Martin Brundle tweet? Oh my god! Like what? What? Uh, what garbage? Like I, I, I can't remember what it was exactly. It was something like the three guys on the podium are like so much better for the sport than Fernando Alonso. It was who just sits around on. Yeah, it was oh, something no, he said. He said he's a better driver than the three guys on the podium, and here he is joking around or like pissing about or like turning himself into a joke i can't remember what the actual phrase was and uh jensen button <laughs> replied with like uh, i can't yes. remember How what it was but it was fun, like oh, of course the best thing for formula one is to be a complete sourpuss uh or something which i was like yes good good boy um <laughs> but yeah like uh honestly fernando alonso does more for turning up to like any fucking motorsport he, like he could rock up and be in like British touring cars tomorrow just for a laugh and and, and it would draw like, a crowd he would I mean he would. yeah he and also he scored eight points in this race Eek. like he's not just sitting around on deck chairs he is dragging Matt McLaren out of the abyss into the sixth place position so you know maybe and, shut the and, fuck up Martin Brundle no one and, likes you Fair play to uh, both baby Fernando uh, and uh, Fernando's baby teammate, um, who like science obviously uh, rocked up just behind uh, Alonso, and Van Dorn also scored a point. Uh, yes, good job, Stoffel. Which is, uh, I've, I've just got a question here, because there's somebody listed here as Wet Paper Towel, who I assume is Hulkenberg. <laughs> That's Julian Palmer. <laughs> It is Julian Palmer. Oh, okay. he is a wet paper towel. Oh, you know what? I d- I actually couldn't believe that he'd come that far up because uh, now I see that Hulk is actually five places behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, I'm I'm sorry, Julian. I also once fell over you in the reception of my workplace at the time, so I feel like I actually can't bully you. <laughs> oh, sorry, I I can't uh, critique you, or else it is just outright bullying. Um, uh, but um, yeah. Who would have thought? Such a good time. Um, so Felipe Massa did not drive this weekend because apparently half the paddock is infested with some sort of virus. It's labyrinthitis, uh, which I think would probably... Um, it sounds like a movie. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever had labyrinthitis, I get it when I have a migraine and it, it literally prevents you being able to tell which way is up, which I think would substantially affect even my ability to drive a Formula One car, uh, which uh, I already think would be probably below that of Felipe Massa's. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good call not to drive the Formula One car in that instance. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they they pulled in Paul DeResta though, which is kind of um, it's out of left field. Well, he's the I reserve mean, he, driver. He, yeah, that's true. But also, like, he hasn't sat in a Formula One car in like at least four years. Well, perhaps they shouldn't have binned off Alex Lynn. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Just saying. What a concept. Just saying. Um. Yeah. Uh, I what a, that race was weird though. Like I, I feel like Hungary is either a shit show or just dull, and this was kind of neither. Like it, it was, it I mean, was exciting, but it wasn't, it wasn't crazy hungry like we usually get. But it also wasn't as boring as last year, which was good. Um, we had a little bit of shenanigans post race. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I felt like this was some very weak sauce. It it felt like they were trying to go for a boimy pit lane, and everyone was just like, "No, we're tired." Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Kevin Magnuson told Nico Hulkenberg to suck his balls, honey, which is beautiful, and I love it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's a good moment. Um, You're trying, you're trying so hard. We'll we'll drive for this American team. You're trying to be like so badass. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Ferrari is kind of uh, bringing it to Hamilton, which I'm loving. Uh, summer break ends, and we're going to have a little bit of a fun run for the championship. It's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Verstappen managed to not wreck his car, which is good, I guess. Uh, he did wreck his teammate's car. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, he did. Like, immediately. Did. Like, I mean, he, he's got a wreck of Red Bull per race. It was just he chose... <laughs> The other one, yeah, which not, you know, not, good, not good, great. good for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Bad for Danu. Um, uh, what happened? What happened to Grosjean? I, I for some reason cannot remember. Uh, what you know, to I literally asked uh, Luke Smith, who I was sitting next to at the time, uh, what happened to Grosjean, and neither of us could remember that either. Oh, good. That's good. Uh, I don't. Uh, to, I don't know. Maybe Alex. Do you, Alex, do you have any idea? Do you remember? I can't remember. I think there someone hit him and just hit him like in the right way where it like broke steering or something. That sounds like oh, that sucks. maybe something that happened. Hold on, maybe I can Google it real fast. No, it's it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, he I mean, didn't finish the. Race. He did bad. Haas is having Haas is having an abysmal season. Like Jesus. Yeah, they started out so strong that like they're sort of. We had expectations. Down. I know. And, yeah. Man. But it's okay, because Roman Grosjean is releasing a cookery book with his wife. He is. It's very exciting. They're also um, having another child. Oh, that's a lot of things to do at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Who can expect him know. to actually drive a car, you know, yeah. while he's doing all these other things? Uh, yeah, as, as a busy working dad, how does he manage yeah. these things? Uh, um... Lance Stroll uh, <laughs> finished higher than his teammate. My small Canada did better than the reserve driver, so that's good. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, the Force Indians did an okay job. They were in, ahead of the, the Renaults. Yeah, they did um, acceptably. I don't know. Uh, which, much... you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always glad to see French Steve and his Latino French father uh, <laughs> doing well. Um uh, do, you, do you also always forget that Esteban Ocon is French? Like, that's such a not French name, bro. Oh, no, no, because he's French Steve. French Steve, yeah. Okay. Uh, just start calling yeah. him. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, as opposed to Mexican Steve. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mexican Steve. Um, um, which kind of takes us on to IndyCar. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Mexican Steve, Mexican Steve did not do well at Mid-Ohio, but Mexican Steve is doing okay overall in general. Uh, considering that he had never driven on an oval before, he did well in the last race, and the next race is Pocono. So we're gonna see we're gonna see just how well he has learned his oval mastery uh, in about two weeks. But yeah, Mid Ohio is always always a good time. Uh, it's a really nice track. Joseph just destroyed everything. Like holy shit, yeah. Joseph! Like immediately Bro, he was just it's... like, no, it's gonna be me, and then he just. Kept it up the whole race, basically. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, man. Graham Rahal on the podium, as usual, at Mid-Ohio. Uh, hometown, being at his hometown track seems to give him, like, superpowers. I don't really know about that. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, and then Will Power rounded out the podium in second place. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it wasn't the most eventful race, but it was, it was a good one. Um, Ed Jones was really the only that was the only caution was when ed kind of hit the wall right yeah so not not super not super exciting but um yeah i just want to bring up your boy helio castro nevis yeah why is he my boy so uh well i mean like he's one of your indycar people i don't know what this thing is (laughs) it goes in circles i don't know how Um, i I can only keep track of so many things um uh but uh so uh helio castro nevis Yes. We had a discussion with Elizabeth oh, we did. Uh, and with a few other people about the idea of him racing for Dragon next year. Uh, now, uh, at the time I was like, fuck off, pretty much. <laughs> um, at the time I was uh, like, what if I make up this rumor and what if it like snowballs? Yeah, but, but you were the second person who I'd heard it from and I was like, for fuck's sake, man. Um, <laughs> uh, but because he drives for a Penske team, uh, but me and, and uh, Luke Smith and Chris Stevens like sat down and talked ourselves out of it. We were like, no, because he's actually attached to the manufacturer Penske. and like he's gonna go. Yeah, yeah uh, well, not to Penske, but to Honda or whoever it is. Chevy. Um, uh, Chevy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, like he's gonna go off and do something for them and like whatever. So the, like the idea that he would follow Penske into dragon racing is bollocks. However, well, that's just. Uh, weird fact, I think he may be, uh, uh, testing for somebody, uh, in Valencia. Really? Uh, so, Interesting. Uh, I think Venturi. Who That's are, so weird. They, they are refusing to oh dang so what if this weird rumor i made up about helio castroneves is going to formula <laughs> e actually happens that would be a first <laughs> but yeah oh you know what we didn't talk about um our little garage tour from jerome oh my god dude okay so elizabeth made a dragon banner as she usually does uh which yeah. meant that we got to go hang out in the Dragon Garage, and one of the mechanics came over and was, like, explaining all the bits on the car, explaining how the steering wheel works. They literally took the steering on wheel On Loik's like, car. On, he was oh, explaining was it, was it all the bits car? on Loik's car. Ah, yes. Well, Jerome came over and <laughs> was like, yeah, this is wrong. This is wrong. Let me take this steering wheel and actually explain it to you, ladies. 
Uh, it was magical. Jerome D'Ambrosio is a beautiful human being. And, uh... Sorry, we were hang on. Just... I just have to go and rescue my really dumb cat. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> we can edit this out. Alex, Jerome is beautiful. Like, straight oh, up. Oh, I was, know. It was so good. <laughs> There's a couple pictures of us just looking really stupid while he explained Sorry, she's really <laughs> stupid. Uh, we, we were just, um... Uh, she she was born in a box of asbestos. She doesn't really know which way is up. Oh no! Um, and uh, I mean, I say that she beats up the other cat quite regularly, but um, uh, she uh, was just uh, refusing to get off something that was very blatantly being moved. Um, oh, that's good. Uh, so you know, safety yeah. first. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, garage tour from Jerome was good. Uh, I actually, there were a lot of bits that I didn't know that I learned from him, which was nice. Yeah, and I, I, re- I, I remember no them. I remember them, which means that I wasn't so, you know, blindsided by his beautiful face that I just forgot everything, which I'm surprised about. So that's good. He, he was a very uh, good teacher. He, he was really one... patient about explaining exactly how much work on the calculation of the, the region and the... Uh, the distribution for the energy that they actually do within the car, and also I swear he said they had a fiddle break. Huh. Like, uh, I swear you know, he said they had two breaks. Really? Uh, the one thing I was really surprised about was that um, did you know that fan boost is literally a button on the steering wheel? Oh, yeah, it's, it's one. Of, like, it's one of the. Fuck? It's one of the paddles yeah, at the back. It's one of the paddles on the back. They only use it if they have fan boost. They can literally like toggle a paddle on the back and of the steering wheel. And it gives them extra kilowatts. Like, that's it's super cool the way it's set up. And I guess everyone must have it set up the same way. But um... Yeah, because uh, we looked at the time and I'd taken a photo of, like, uh, I think one of the Venturi steering wheels earlier. Mm-hmm. And we worked yeah. out that with a few small, like, aesthetic adjustments, basically, they're the same thing. Yeah, um, but I, 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 start, I started basically, like, sticking my face and, um... in every single cockpit. And they are all the same steering wheel. Nice. I had always been super curious about how Fanboost worked, like, how exactly they were able to, like, whether or not it was controlled by the garage, or whether or not, like, there was a button, but yeah, it was it was really neat, so that was cool. Anyway, uh, we were talking about IndyCar. I, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, I keep injecting Formula E into everything. I, I but, started it, to be fair, in this instance. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to go to Mid-Ohio at some point. Like, it just looks like a fun time. There was Star Wars-themed stuff everywhere. Did you see all these photos of all the drivers, like, going to the, the campsite and, like, playing, like, beanbags with all the fans and everything, too? Like, it just, it looked oh, yeah. really, really good. I mean, I'd to like be fair, I'd just like to clarify, like, as the, the like, token Brit on this podcast, uh, or, like, whatever, uh, the token European, um, I... Uh, I, I, uh, what was the game called? Oh, cornhole. It's like, <laughs> like cornholing or something. No, it's just cornhole. And I was like, isn't that Beavis and Butthead character? Like, that's cornholio. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I yeah. It, you, you guys, you, you, it's wild. Listen, out it's there. fine. It's, it's the fine. most wild out there. Um, uh, like, obviously, yeah. I'd sip my wine and and smoke a very thin rolled up cigarette and judge you all. Over there. It's uh, fine. It's fine. Uh, can I can I just uh just like facts I know about IndyCar? Uh yeah, it says here Mikhail. Is that Mikhail Alishin has been allowed back in the country and to race? Yes, he has been allowed back into the country to race. He has kind of been in a bit of a situation lately because uh his sponsorship has been super questionable. 
because he keeps crashing cars and costing a lot of money to repair them. So we weren't really sure if he was actually going to race at Mid-Ohio, um, but he did. So he should be good for the rest of the season, I think. Um, whether or not he comes back cars. next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which Pocono is next, so we'll see about that. But um, it's really, really super questionable whether or not he will be in IndyCar next year. Like, you think Formula E silly season is ridiculous right now? Uh, IndyCar is a goddamn mess because whether or not Andretti switches engine manufacturers is going to determine whether or not, like, half of the field is not driving for the same team next year. Whoa. So it's going to be real interesting, and I'm a little worried. I'm very worried about my son <laughs> specifically because he's attached to Honda. So if they don't, if Andretti uses Chevy engines next year, he wouldn't be at Honda. Is, so is that your son, Andretti. Joseph? Or no, your Joseph's son, not my son. The other sons? This is Alex Rossi is my son. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. It's just, it, it says his small son, Joseph. So, small son. Oh, uh, that's Alex. <laughs> I, I, oh, I wrote okay. these notes. Yeah. These notes are all Alex. Unbelievably, if anyone's listening to the structure of this podcast, we are actually going off quite a detailed series of notes. Yeah, uh, I, mean... that, uh, I am. I am helpfully completely failing to interpret. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, the mayor, TC number eleven. The mayor is James Hinchcliffe. He's oh no, I, I know that because I listened to some Hinchtown on my way back from uh, Iceland. Oh, good. Very good. Uh, so I, I am learning about the IndyCar. Good. You should watch Pocono because it's gonna be a shit show. I, it I, is. I, I will give it a go. I will Sweet. give it a go. Uh, um, if there's no Blancpain GP2 or or any of the other shenanigans. I think the only thing going on that weekend is uh, there should be an F1 race, maybe possibly. Uh, maybe that's the next not. week. I don't know. They're never on at the same time, so it's fine. Uh, one other thing from Mid-Ohio that I want to point out and highlight and underline and circle and everything. Uh, mm. Connor, Connor Daly got points. Connor Daly got points. He did. Connor Daly got into the top ten. Wait, hang, hang on a minute, because like Connor Daly is one of the IndyCar drivers who I've actually heard of. Yes. Um, I mean, not saying that I don't know who all these other fuckers are, but I don't know who all these other fuckers are. <laughs> um, and, uh, it, I, like, I assumed he must be, like, good and shit. Which, to be fair, you know, I get excited when Fernando Alonso gets points, so, like, maybe that's that, that's, that's the situation. No, but... so, so the situation with Connor Daly is that Connor and uh, Carlos Munoz drive for a very, very bad team right now. Oh, okay, uh, so, so it the is the Fernando the, situation. Yeah, they're basically, like... Mm, the Jaguar of IndyCar right now. <laughs> they're they're real bad. AJ Foyt really they can't figure their shit out, and it sucks because he drove for Dale Coyne last year, and Dale Coyne by no means was that great either. But Dale Coyne's strategists like could get him towards the front if shenanigans happened. Uh, AJ Foyt yeah. they just they have no idea what they're doing, which is sad. Um, I think given the opportunity at a better team, um, he could definitely score points on a regular basis. But uh, for now, we're going to have to be satisfied with him being in 10th. One position behind Scoot, which is not Who's bad. Scoot? <laughs> Scott Dixon. <laughs> Scott uh, Dixon is, okay. right, is good right, right. at everything, and everyone gets real mad about it. And who's RHR? Because that sounds like <laughs> some kind of royal horticultural situation. <laughs> <laughs> that is Ryan Hunter-Ray. Uh, 
He has been at Race of Champions a few times. If you've seen a dude in a like bright yellow DHL suit, oh yeah, I did see him because I watched this year's. I think he was there. Yep, he was. He was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mid Ohio was good. Um, previews for next races. There's a lot of NHRA coming up. Alex, please tell us about this. So basically, every other race series. What is NHRA? Drag racing. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so basically all the sports are on summer break right now, so there's, like, no Formula One for a while, no IndyCar for a while, Formula E's done. So you have all the time in the world to watch NHRA, because it's still going to be on every weekend in August. (laughs) And I'm pretty stoked, because I haven't been watching it the past couple weeks, so now I have no excuses to not watch it for a whole month. Which means we get to watch lots of ladies in racing. Yes, who are fucking amazing. Courtney Force is doing really well. Um, Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, which, speaking of ladies in racing, uh, I I kind of didn't catch up the IMSA. Uh, But Catherine Legg was alright from her crash, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was. Oh, that's good. Her Twitter says she's okay. Yeah. I know Uh, Christina Nielsen had a crash too, didn't she? Oh, Which that, that like the last Emsa race, we got ladies on the podium. Two ladies on the podium because Christina yep. and Catherine were both on the podium. Yeah, um, uh, Pippa Man is going to be driving um, in, I believe, one of the Emsa series coming up. So that's cool too. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. Like some of the some of the series that aren't you know Formula One or IndyCar. How like a lot of the sports cars and drag racing have like a significant number of women participating yeah. as drivers which is freaking great and i want to watch more of it mm-hmm. so. uh, it's like uh my my preferred american series chet racing which is the lucas oil off road series um <laughs> which is kind of basically always on motors tv uh i don't know if it's ever actually on live i've got no idea uh but it's just loads of people going in a circle in ridiculous trucks uh and but it includes at <laughs> least one girl racing. called charlotte and everyone else oh. is called chet <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen that, uh, but now I'm going to go looking for it because that sounds amazing. Um, so in drag racing, have you heard of Courtney Force? Yes. Yes, I have. Yes. yes. So she, her whole family does drag racing. Like her dad is in it. Her sister's in it. It's really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then there's, there are a pair of sisters whose name I can't think of right now, but there was a Disney Channel movie made about them. Um, they're still racing. It's real cool. Like, there's just, ugh, there's so much. And, like, so the if, history if of we're going to really start cool drag racing watching in this off yes. season, Alex, mm-hmm. what's the lowdown on? How does this all work? It's, okay, it's really simple. You got two cars, they're next to each other. And then <laughs> lights go green, they go as fast as they can down a stretch of road, and then whoever goes faster wins. That's it. It's, it's beautiful. It's it's so it's so good. And they're basically rockets. They go like over 300 miles an hour. And it's really great. It, this sounds like it potentially has lower safety standards than Formula 1. Oh yeah, there's there's you know, a lot you, of explosions. You would that, but yeah, but somehow like people are usually okay when things explode. Yeah, there's never the court- there ha- at least lately haven't been any like crazy bad crashes, but yeah. I think the only really bad one recently was actually Courtney Force. Yeah, and she was fine. Yeah, and she was <laughs> yeah, fine for I, the next I race. Her sister tweeting about it. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, NHRA is a... It, I feel like NHRA is always on ESPN2 at the bar. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like out at bars on Friday nights. Like, oh, it's the drag racing. There it is. Uh-huh. It's on TV. Um, which is fun. I just So, so I would, it's easy to watch then? It is. Yeah, it's pretty easy to find on TV, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually on one of the ESPNs, um, especially in not like college basketball season. So, yeah, yeah it's it's and um, we, we don't know what ball sports are. So, that's fine. yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you guys just have the 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 footy, the, the, the foot sport, <laughs> the foot sport, which just started and I'm kind of excited about it. But the there's also, ends. yeah, it really doesn't. You know, if it's not league play, it's international play and it's just always happening, which is whatever. <laughs> uh, there's also some NASCAR on coming up, but I don't. I don't really know how that works, so I don't See, really know. See, I, I so keep promising confusing. my friend Jamie that I will stay up one night and, like, get, like, a keg of, like, some form of American beer and, like, sit on my equivalent of a porch and, like, throw Watch stuff at, like, I don't know, I mean, I guess it would have to be swans here, um, which makes me sound so much fancier than I am. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking of like the most aggressive wildlife I can think of. Um, Swans uh, are bitches, but... okay? They are bitches. Yeah, they're yeah, mean. They, it, sometimes there's one sitting on the back of my boat when I'm trying to leave it, and I have to like take evasive action through a window and really hope it doesn't like <laughs> cut me in half or something. Um, uh, but like, uh, yeah, um, don't live on boats, kids. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's my advice. <laughs> literally everyone don't um, live on a boat uh, but yeah I keep, I keep meaning to stay up and watch a NASCAR race because it's, it's um, I like the 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 like proper closed wheel racing uh, I'm a big fan of GT I believe Blancpain is carrying on at the same time um, and uh, British GT is also carrying on at the same time if you're into that um, uh, yeah uh, other than that everyone's having a snooze isn't it yeah, tweeting disgusting holiday pictures on their Instagram story and that kind they of are. shit. Um, they they really are, yeah. So I think I'll, I'll probably see if I can watch a little NHRA next weekend. But other than that, I am also hibernating and not doing <laughs> anything. It's pretty great. Uh, other bits and whatever of news. We haven't talked about the Germans all joining Formula E at the same time yet. <laughs> Mm, at the Every same single time German manufacturer. that they were exposed as having a cartel that conspired to disguise uh, emissions during Diesel the nineties, yeah, um, which like uh, living in London, uh, the uh, the idea of uh, where we have uh, we went past the legal amount of uh, air pollution for the year on January the sixth. Oh my God! Are you serious? Uh, yeah, I mean, like that's seen... awful. I didn't know it was that fast. <laughs> no, no, it's it's like it's bad. Um, uh, so um, uh, we're we're quite uh, keen on the whole like, yo, man, diesel might be really bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Isn't London trying to get rid of emissions by like twenty forty or something like that? Uh, like, no so more, we have no joined more. in uh, a few other EU. Well, <laughs> whilst we're still there, uh, countries in uh, so France have committed uh, to no non-electric vehicles on the roads by 2040. We have also said that. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't know. 
it, it's great. It should be, but, it should be uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and so actually, Mercedes, Mercedes, Porsche, Audi is making their entry like more significant than it currently is. Uh, yeah. They're all joining Formula E for seasons five or six. Yeah. Um, which they're also, Mercedes is pulling out of DTM. And yeah, that's. And, and Porsche is pulling, and Porsche out, is of pulling out of Endurance Championships. World Endurance. So basically, the LMP1 program is dead because the only people left in it are Toyota, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and they've, and they've said their no. existence was reliant on their being other manufacturers. So yeah buy LMP1. Um, DTM is also down to only two manufacturers, which is not very good or competitive. So we'll see what direction that series goes in. But yeah, it's 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 kind of prompted a lot of new discussion about Formula E in general and whether or not it's, you know, actually the future of motorsports like it's been claiming all along while, no, while everyone's kind of been ignoring, ignoring it. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, it was really cool, though, to walk into Montreal on Friday and have the big, like, bridge proclaiming welcome Mercedes and Porsche as if they knew already somehow. Hmm. Mm. (laughs) So interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, they've known about Merck for a while. Uh, so I think that might have been a hasty reprint. Uh, uh, because, like, uh, if you've got 20 million Canadian dollars sloshing around i guess you can yeah um uh which you know is an interesting feature of the montreal EP and certainly something that made it bigger than some of the others um but also you know my city could have pumped more money into it to keep it to stay yeah. uh and didn't um so uh i i think that um i mean it's it's bonkers because like going into season three of formula e although we had jaguar coming in and uh formula e suddenly went this year so it always been a thing but Mm -hmm. at the start of this year formula e was like the ice caps are fucking melting and we are all going to fucking die yeah they did didn't they did a promo where they actually ran a formula e car like on an ice cap which was really cool yeah, and uh, they went really hard. And when Jaguar joined, they went really hard. Their whole opening video was the ice caps are melting, and this is the only alternative. Like, mm-hmm. if we're going to be a vehicle manufacturer, if we're going to talk about the future of mobility, if we're going to talk about uh, the way that things are going to go, then we have to do this. And which was a really cool thing to see. And yeah. um, to then see like. Uh, but even then, I was worried about Formula E. Like, I was worried about yeah. it going into this year. I was, I was worried. Uh, like, I mean, even a few months ago, we were like, "Oh shit, this is the Boemi show." Like, he's run, won like, pretty much every race bar Mexico, or, or well, literally I mean, not every even, race bar Mexico. Not and... even the fact that it was just the Boemi show, but also, you know, the fact that they seemingly couldn't keep a race in an, one location for more than two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, uh, which, you know, which, like, there were incredible complications with the European races this year because uh, cities were on major lockdown. There, were, yeah, there was like yeah. a lot of problems, so of course we couldn't have Belgium. Uh, we ended up with the double header in Berlin. Uh, we ended up with Berlin moved from the city centre, etc. To, yep. to, to Tempelhof, which is actually, to be honest, like 
badass as fuck because you're in an abandoned <laughs> Soviet airport. It's like everything's kind of rotting and rusted. And then you've got like all of these not tattered, Super but they could be tattered cars. like uh, banners flying in the air for emotion. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, um, yeah, the, the like, I'm a little bit sad. We're not going back to Temple next year, but um, the uh, me and and Chris Stevens from Formula Spy and also Sport were we're talking about the fact that that we felt that um, uh, leaving Formula like what we were worried about was ourselves. We were like, where's our contract for next year because it's also journalist silly season now like never forget um uh but like um and and pr silly season as well we were all we were all in we're all in flux um and uh you know some of us are the robin friends rather than the jerome d'ambrosio um uh but um the uh you were leaving it and thinking like well it's gonna survive yeah. Like it's not definitely, it's not even gonna survive, place... but this is gonna be the biggest thing. And the thing that I'm worried about is that I won't be able to keep up with it. Uh, right. not that, definitely definitely that comparing where it was. Whereas at last the end year I was like, season. Oh, I don't know, man. Is it gonna get a third season? Um, yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. It, but it, but it's done that work, it's got over its difficult sophomore and third year it's it's graduated its bachelor's and it's um gonna you know move on to the the difficult master's stage and then phd yeah um, it's it's good it's in a good place right now i think the way the season ended was good for the series i think all of these announcements lately have been it, it makes you more excited about the seasons to come for sure so it's good i i i'm excited to see what comes next uh, we do have a couple of Ask TGG questions. Um, uh, yeah, we actually do. We have loads. Yeah, we've got a couple. <laughs> um, mostly from the same people as usual, which is totally fine. Uh, oh, so we're going to start with this one from Zoe. Uh, with Silly Season up and running, what would be your nightmare driver combo in any series? Like, just pick the two drivers you hate oh, the most as your nightmare driver combo. This is hard. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm probably gonna get like people firing shit at me on Twitter for saying this. Yeah. But my like absolute nightmare combo would be not particularly because of Vettel, although I've never been particularly a Vettel fan. Uh but if that if it's Vettel and Raikkonen again at Ferrari, I will flip tables. I I will genuinely flip tables. So your nightmare um, driver combo already exists. <laughs> I, I mean, it kind of does. Uh, I felt that uh, like Raikkonen has actually pretty much redeemed himself, but I was so angry that Jensen was leaving that it looks like Alonso may not be in a competitive car, even if he stays next year. Yeah, and that Raikkonen got the Ferrari. Um, I I felt that that was unjustifiable. Mm-hmm. I understand that he has like fans, and that it's all hilarious that he's rude as fuck. 
that he's dismissive. I don't actually... And that very he's... unpopular, very unpopular opinion, but I actually don't think he's that funny. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think he's funny at all. I think he's yeah. incredibly rude. I would, I would hate to interview Reitman. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, fortunately, nobody's uh, asking me to do any Formula One work, so it's fine. Um, uh, <laughs> but like, um, I, I don't think it's funny. Uh, I don't think it's funny that he doesn't give a shit. Um, and uh, actually, the the only time where I was like, oh, oh, hmm, uh, was when he was really fucking sour about uh, coming second in Monaco this year, and I was like, oh, maybe he does give a fuck. Um, yeah. because he has been pretty much collecting a paycheck for really quite a long time now, and and I am... Not, not a fan. Uh, no, and, like, I, I guess I would also... I mean, like, probably my ultimate, like... It's not that I hate any drivers, it's just... Uh, and again, it's not even that I hate Raikkonen, and I, I, you know, I think there are arguments you can make that he deserves the seat. Uh, but he is boring, uh, and he's also quite a, a, an aggressive, vengeful racer. Like um, when he smashed out Bottas, uh, and still managed to end the points in, uh, a couple of years ago, I was like, "That's scumass behaviour, and shouldn't mm-hmm. be somebody who's a former world champion." Uh, I. Alex, what would your nightmare driver combo be? I don't... I don't know. I feel like people put too much into, like, oh, those two drivers are going to be on a team together. I feel like every time we freaked out about that, nothing's happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, when everyone was like, oh, Fernando Alonso and Kimi Raikkonen, this is going to be fucking insane, and then nothing happened. Nothing happened, So yeah. I feel like... Ugh, I don't... At this point, I don't... I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who's paired together. I'm, I'm choosing... I'm going to choose to interpret this question as, what if I took my two were least favorite drivers from any series and put them in a team together? Uh. Because I definitely have an answer for that one. <laughs> and it is Charlie Kimball and Mitch Evans. Oh. That would that would be my nightmare driver combo. Charlie like, Kimball and Max Verstappen. Neither of the cars oh, ever finish gross. a race. Wait. No, you know what? I'm changing my answer. <laughs> Mitch Evans and Max Verstappen. Yeah. Gross. Like, ugh, gross. I don't want that anywhere near me in any series. Gross. But also, um, like, uh, hang on a minute. Can I just twist this question around and go, like, what would be your nightmare in terms of, like, this is not a good combo, but I'm so ready for it? I'm ready uh, for the shit show? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Connor Daly and Daniel Abt. <laughs> because they're they've been teammates before and they're like super bros and I feel like it would just be entertaining as hell even if okay. I don't particularly care about them one way or the other it'd be fun yeah I but, mean I, I think I would kind of like to see uh, an LMP2 lineup um, which was like sulky French zone um, uh-huh. uh, sorry, I don't think any of these drivers are actually sulky. Um, uh, but like, um, just, <laughs> uh, if you had, uh, Buemi, Ben, and Duval in, uh-huh. uh, say the G drive, um, I, I, I could see that being, um, that could be interesting. They'd, they'd be really grumpy about things a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, as a like, group, uh, as a collective. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I definitely have to deploy the bad French to interview them. At which point they would take the piss out of me, uh, because I have an amazing hick accent in French, um, <laughs> and um, it's it's the equivalent of being like hi y'all, um, uh, but like um, it, yeah, I, I I think that would be a a really beautiful. And really interesting time for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think, you know, 24 hours of that, I'd, oh, I'd be kind of living yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, t- 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 24 hours of... 24 hours of grumpy French swearing. Mm. Um, all right, Josette asks, what do you think of Formula E's use of social media to promote the series as opposed to F1 or IndyCar? Um... Mm. Personally, I think that answer this. you are. Or are you what? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to answer this because I literally have a professional uh, conflict. Oh yeah, yeah, this, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I feel like we've talked about this a lot of times before, so I don't want to give too much time to it. But um, I mean, IndyCar uses social media a ton. Uh, Formula E does a very good job. I think that there's always more that can be done. Um, and F1 is terrible. So, yeah, I don't know. This, this, yeah, we've just we've, get we've Fernando Alonso's emoji on everyone's social yeah, media. Yeah, get everyone Fernando emojis. It's all fine. Uh, yeah. Bex wants to know what your favorite dinosaur is, as always. That's her <sighs> usual question. See, like, I, I struggle with this because, like, I'm very old and, uh, or not very old but like good god journalists getting younger and um uh well, i'm literally googling list of dinosaurs oh my god well why no, no. you do that um, uh, because my problem is um uh like uh every single dinosaur that i called a thing so i took someone from my friend's children uh or we went for for some of my friend's children like uh, their fifth and something birthday to the Natural History Museum. Mm-hmm. And I just discovered that every dinosaur is not called what I thought it was. And also they've realised that a bunch of the dinosaurs that I thought were like canonical dinosaurs have now been like removed because they were like, mm, this is not okay as a dinosaur anymore. It turns out we actually put two dinosaurs together really badly. And like, that's why it looked <laughs> like that. Um, uh, so, uh, like, I think Stegosaurus has been got rid of because they were just like, actually, in retrospect, that was fucking mental. And like, uh, checked the DNA and we're like, whoa, those are like three different beasts we've accidentally got together. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I think uh, I'm going to have to go with Triceratops, which is the only one I know is still a dinosaur, and also I have a friend who's very aligned to them. Uh, just to clarify, uh, also the flying dinosaurs are not dinosaurs, so if you were going to say that, that's an invalid answer, and the stewards will inquire. Um, <laughs> Good. So Triceratops. <laughs> it's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, Kale always has interesting questions, which I appreciate. Uh, you you enter a demolition derby anonymously. What type of car? What is your car number? And what is your super awesome pseudonym? Alex, you start. Okay. Well, <laughs> my pseudonym is obviously what I, I've said before. First name Dixie, last name Wrecked. So I would be Dixie Racked. 
car number 69, obviously. And I'd probably get, like, maybe, like, a big old, like, Crown Victoria. Or, like... Nice. Or, like, a Subaru Outback. I really... I really had that question, like, immediately. (laughs) See, I've got... I've got the type of car down. Mm -hmm. I would have a Chevy Nova. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Because my uncle actually had a pair of those when I was growing up, and we actually did donate them to the Demolition Derby. (laughs) Uh, My car number would probably also be 69. Yeah, or 420. Uh, Or or 420! (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I would probably go with 420. My number would be 420. Um, And my... Oh, what would my pseudonym be? Probably some sort of weed reference. I don't know. Something tacky. Mary Jane. Something really tacky. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you spell yep. Jane with a Y, so it's surname. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a very good idea. Yeah. That would be me. Content. Uh, see, I think I I would go for uh, the number 42. Um, I'd be Ford Prefect, but I'd drive a Chevy Monte Carlo, specifically the hot pink Chevy Monte Carlo that uh, <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo was, like, Instagramming himself in about a year ago, and it's, like, the, the just the most lurid shite. Uh, and yeah, I think I go for that. Mm-hmm. Nice. It, I it like lo- that those are all very like different could, answers. You know, <laughs> hit a fucker hard. Oh no 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 no! Hang on, sorry. No, I would go for a. Uh, oh my god, I forgot what they're called. But this type of Lada, the uh, Soviet car that um, looks like a kind of like an SUV. Uh, but it's about the size of a Mini Cooper. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd have one of those. Yeah. Lottas, Lottas are ridiculous. Yeah, and then um, I guess I'd probably have to be like Red Menace or something. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> that works. That works. Mm. Um, That's pretty much all the questions we've got. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on, Hazel, by the way. This has been excellent. Uh, we've got a few weeks now where probably we'll take another little hiatus um but we will definitely absolutely be back after the Watkins Glen IndyCar race uh that's the same weekend as Monza so we should have plenty to talk about um and yeah Hazel can you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet uh you can find me on the internet um I write for eracing.net um I'm also sometimes BBC journalist um and uh I uh well and actually a whole bunch of places uh but if you want to stalk me on twitter uh i'm uh at adjuruli which is a d g j a r u l i which is georgian yes. t's right just search for hazel southwell it's so much simpler um, yeah yeah we'll tweet your uh, your, your handle yeah. <laughs> for everybody to find um so. and like otherwise just try not to find me because it's probably really scary stuff there's a, there's a lot of tweets about objectifying drivers if you're not cool with that avoid uh, <laughs> but really don't because it's great yeah i mean like you know also come find me bro yep yeah anyway but yeah thanks for listening everybody uh we'll be back for episode 48 pretty soon uh, later <laughs> <laughs> Even that piece of message for Charlie.